0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age various by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources.
1: It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal
2: we John. That guy who dropped the ball is the reason the Kardashians are the famous are because famous. so he drops the ball. Bills draft OJ. OJ comes to Buffalo, meets his wife. Anyway, Rob Kardashian hired yeah. to represent OJ, therefore bringing him you know, into the limelight and yeah. subsequently his uh, reality star family.
1: Rando, We have this trust built uh, on, you know, whatever it is like Bibles and gold bricks and whatever it Brandon Bean's drinking over there. And, ha!
3: Because, I mean, 200 pounds of muscle is like, that's something you yeah. have to work towards, man. It's like, you know, I'm 190 pounds and I look like Tony Glenn, not like, you know what I mean, Devin Singletary, <laughs> so. All right, welcome back to Not Another
2: Buffalo Podcast. I'm John, I'm here with Pat and Brando. You can find us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast. We are part of Buffalo Rumblings. We are post-draft now, gentlemen. How are we, uh, how are we feeling? Happy. Nice. <laughs> just uh, real quick before we get going, what overall grade? What'd you give them? A, A plus,
1: B, B minus, C, D. Uh, I have no reason not to give them an A. Pat, what about you?
3: Uh, no. I, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how it goes. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't grade it yet. It's just for looking. <laughs> You gotta give a
1: grade. That's the point of a grade. I mean, ah dude,
3: Pat's just Pat's just not decisive. I, I, I give it a B plus. I'd say about eighty percent of them will be really good. Five percent will be decent, and fifteen percent will just suck. So um yeah. B There <laughs> there
2: you
1: go. That's a little decisive. That's kind of no, you, had to, you had to make a stance there. Like you didn't just say C. That was good.
3: Yes,
2: Pat sitter offenses. Very uh, Sitter offenses. I, I can't
1: yeah. Every
3: question fence sit
2: upon her i don't know how that would go but pat is very good at dodging questions on this he podcast we'll ask him one thing and he'll he'll take it out of left field so if we ever need new topics we'll ask pat a straightforward question and uh just follow where he goes with it but yeah i agree with you guys i think that it's uh i think it's an a you know i, I can't come out here and say like a plus because they you know I, I think a wide receiver would have had to fall into them in, in in round two which at that point i think they were all gone so they kind of went with james cook as a it is a similar type of weapon for the offense, but yeah, I'm happy with it. I think we're happy with the first round pick. We had a lot of fun doing the live reaction. I think a lot of people enjoyed that too, which was good. We, uh, we set our own single, like first 24 hours download uh, right. record for, for us, which is which really? is pretty fun. Cause it's, it's the off season right now. And so definitely thankful for you guys tuning in and, uh, you know, listening to the pod and stuff like that. And I mean, only in my book, Only Bill's Mafia is this committed to the off season, where, you know, a couple of, you know, no nothings basically are 20 <laughs> somethings are just uh, just shooting the shit, um, live draft and, and having a good time. So, yeah, after dark, it was fun. It was. Yeah. After dark. <laughs> um, the least fun part was the editing. I will say that I, at two in the morning when I uploaded it and submitted the article, I was I was pretty beat.
1: But I think you sent the video. I got it three thirty our time, right? So two two thirty yeah. when you submitted yeah. it to the page. Yeah, I'm in and Central uh, Time,
2: so at least I had yeah. that going for me.
1: I but looked at it in the morning, and it was like received three hours ago, and I was like, "Oh Lord,
2: that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was a long night." But yeah, it was good. It was fun. You, we stay up late for the Bills. We Always. we lose sleep over the Bills. We and it's, it's the off season, and they're not going to be playing for another four months, and and we're we're locked in, so.
3: Yeah, give us the playbook on the plane.
1: We do not piss with the puppies in the morning. We are running with the wolves at night, but it's the buffaloes running with the buffaloes. Yes, Um,
2: Yes, something something
1: like that. It was fun. I, I definitely give him an A because it's one of the rare occurrences where Brandon Bean said he got the highest graded remaining player. So he got the best player available on the board that also fit a need. And it's not often that you can... Put those two things together because often you get the best player available, but he might be wide receiver, or he might be an offensive lineman, or he might be a safety, and uh, you might not need those players. But I think it, it happened in the second round as well. After they took Elam uh, in the second round, what they moved back twice from fifty-seven to sixty, and uh, Jeremy White had a tweet on this this morning. He said that there was four or five players that they wanted. They went from fifty-seven to sixty, then they moved back again from 60 to 63, and none of those guys had moved. So the players that were remaining on the board were safety, Cam Taylor-Britt, outside linebacker, Drake Jackson, safety, Brian Cook, and running back, James Cook. And the Bills ultimately ended up taking James Cook and getting two six-round picks, turning one of them into punk god. So I would say he's still got a guy, again, one of the best players available left on the board in... James cook and filled the need of running back and picked up an accessory. Right. Like he just got the windows tinted on his Lambo by picking up Punk God.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I think the interesting part about that tweet is I think Brandon being confirmed that one of the guys that they had on their list was gone by the time, the second time that they traded down. Yeah. So that's where it actually is interesting because that limited list of guys that went right ahead of where they could, where they took cook. Yeah, Um, I think it's very telling because I think it's got to be one of the safeties on there. I think that's what they were thinking. Probably. So interesting. We'll never know. I mean, it is hard to know if they would have taken another outside linebacker at that point. Um, But let's talk about that pick really quick. The outside linebacker at pick three, Terrell Bernard um, was kind of a head scratcher for a lot of people. And, you know, we all are on the applaud Brandon Bean for everything he does train and you know, lots of people have had discussions about this where it's like, you can, you can still be critical of pit picks and then trust Brandon Bean at the same time. You know, me on this pick, I, I, I am just one of those people who I do trust Brandon Bean. Like I think that he has a vision in mind and he's definitely spent more time looking at this player than I have. Um, so in, in my personal case, I'm totally fine with that pick. Um, the reason that's a lot of people were hesitant on that is because he's a little bit of an undersized outside linebacker and he's, he's the type of person who would play a Matt Milano type role in the bills defense. You got to think about the path to playing time. How is this person going to be playing in the next two to three years as a starter? And, you know, now that we have Matt Milano around for a while, people are like, okay, well, why are you doubling down on a position you already have? I guess my response to that is, is, and I think what Brandon Bean is thinking is a quality depth, you know, you can never get enough quality depth and there's not going to be, there weren't, more than three starting spots available on this team, especially at linebacker. I mean, I think that room is pretty much set. Um, but the more interesting thing about how they're going to use him is, remember they let go of AJ
1: Klein this offseason. That's what I was going to say. Like he, AJ Klein played snaps. Yeah, he did. He gets he snaps. Did. I
2: mean, when they were when they were in three four, which was very limited. Um, you know, they're a nickel first team. They, Teron Johnson is on the field for the majority of snaps, and they don't want to get out of nickel. I don't think, but. You know, this linebacker gives you a chance to add to that linebacker room, which is already very young and very talented. And at the same time, bring in somebody in a 3-4 package that has a little bit more tackling ability and is a little bit more size than Taron Johnson, but also is better at pass coverage than A.J. Klein was. Because A.J. Klein, they used to blitz him all the time because he couldn't pass cover. Like, that's the best way they found to use him. Um, So if, if if they can run out a third linebacker and not be totally victimized in pass coverage. If they go, somebody goes play action on third and two, then I think they will be in a good spot and that'll be a good role for him. And, you know, I don't mind using a third round pick on that because there's not a lot of yeah. open starting spots on this team in the first place.
3: So, cause I wouldn't be surprised if uh bail inspector gets some, some time out there too. I think that they're like on different ends of the linebacker spectrum, but he's a bigger guy. He's a bigger guy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, truth be told, I haven't done a lot of looking at some of these later round picks. Besides the punk odd because you know, who doesn't love a punter? We'll nerd out about special teams around here for, for no good reason. Always. But but Brandon, did you have something to add to that? I didn't mean to he, to come No, there. just
1: like you said, he's undersized, but that doesn't mean that he can't fill like a slot corner or us, uh you know a hybrid type role on the field, right? I mean, you got a lot of players like that now that he's got the exact build as Milano, right? It lines up with the contract when Milano ages out of age thirty one or whatever it is, and he would be into his second deal by then. So uh, you get probably a special team starter, you know, AJ Klein. And the thing is, our defense is built for our linebackers to make plays. It's built for our secondary to stop the pass, and the D-line takes on the blockers, right? They get pressure, but it's up to the linebackers to bring down the ball carrier, and that means they are active, they are in the middle of it a lot, and they get injured. We've seen it every year. We've talked about how Matt Milano injury or Tremaine Edmonds injury will impact a game and they have impacted games. So, you know, that's a good insurance policy. And when you're this good, you can take a third pick and do that.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. And they went wide receiver in the fifth round, which was a little bit later than I think we anticipated, but they got, he's from Boise State, right? Khalil Schiffer. I hope I'm, I hope I'm not murdering that pronunciation, but I saw a couple of highlights of him at, at least and, and he looks like a really fast freak athlete. So they keep adding speed. Can't complain about that in this offense. Interesting to see if he'll play a special teams role as well, because if he can, you know, return punts or something like that, and Isaiah McKenzie can just be the gadget that he wants on offense and and, and be a little bit more focused on that than having to worry about returning punts. I think it'll work out better in his favor because he played his best when he was not um, returning punts when Micah Hyde was back there. So, and with Micah Hyde getting older, you definitely don't want your uh, your starting safety back there fielding punts on a regular basis. So yeah, I'm happy with the haul. Obviously, I mean, I don't think we've ever been this excited about a sixth round pick right off the bat, getting the punt god. third, third punter off the board. There could be a couple of reasons for that. I've heard that it's one of them is his hang time. His hang time is, is pretty low um, compared to some of those other kickers who went before him and he, uh, he doesn't hold because he was the kicker in college as well. The place kicker. So I think that's kind of a two-edged sword because on one hand there, there's many NFL teams that when their kicker gets injured, like you're kind of screwed at that point. And we've seen it's, it's rare, but we've seen games lost in the past two years because the kicker is injured or,
1: you know, I guess just having a bad day. In, in More the case recently of, than I would say in a long time that it has come out. Yeah, I issue mean, we had teams. that crazy
2: game. Uh, not that this was kicker injuries, but, um, Mason Crosby and I forget. I think it was Packers Raiders or something like that, where they just kept trading missed missed
1: field goals. Five, yeah,
2: something. Like that. It, was crazy, it was crazy. It was Packers Bengals, I believe. Packers Bengals. Thank you, Pat. You're totally right. But yeah, interesting. Corey Bohorquez was the was the holder for for Crosby in that game and may have contributed to that. So that transitions into okay. He how well is he going to be able to hold? Because if he can't hold then they're not going to be able to keep him on the roster, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, but I so. mean, there's been guys like the last time a punter was taken in the in the first round, he also was expected to be able to kick. And it, it's just like, you know, it, it it's kind of strange because there's really been no one that could ever do them both.
2: Oh, yeah. I you don't know. think they're expecting him to do both, but he's a great backup option. Or at least option. both well, yeah. Right. He's, he's, he's a better emergency kicker than almost anyone in the league. Most people's emergency kicker is... I mean, I guess in, in a lot of cases it probably is the punter, but yeah, you know, having was, him,
3: it, Micah Hyde or Poyer, one of them I remember was right, right, this past year.
2: Yeah. We, I think we had a whole like half of a podcast discussion about emergency kicker at one point, which was kind of a, uh,
1: well that's cause <laughs> yours truly was Johnny's backup, AKA emergency kicker. In that's real true. life Uh, also the, Interesting thing is, is the Bills punt on like 29% of their drives. So we will see him this year, I'm sure. And the other thing is a six round pick doesn't get to play often, push into a starting role, whereas we don't have a punter right now. So uh, he will be seen, like you will see him on the field. At least one out of three drives, right? Based on the statistics. So, uh, and ideally you're not going to, you're not going to ask him to pin the ball down in the 10, you're asking him to kick it. If you stall out on your own 30 or 35, because if we're inside the 50 or we're inside the, our own 40 to 50 yard line, we're going for it every time. So this guy just needs to boom it. And that's fine. If you get it, if you go 20 to 20, right. 20 yard line to 20 yard line, that's what you need your kicker to do. So,
2: yeah, I think uh, Jeremy brought up a good point on the morning show this morning. He was saying that like, good. I don't want the precision punter who can down it inside the five yard line every single time, but doesn't have too much range because you don't want McDermott to have that in his back pocket and be like, okay, well we're at the 50 yard line, but we could down them inside yeah. the five. You well, know, you want
3: have two 80 plus yard punts as
2: well. Yeah, I mean, like exactly. Yeah. Major
1: bounces like major. those. Yeah. Bounces.
3: yeah. And,
2: and I mean, in the NFL, you'd probably outkick the coverage, which would be another issue, which isn't a problem if you kick it over the guy's head. But. I
1: heard that part of what they were talking about. I mean, Nate Gary, maybe he brought it up talking about out kicking your coverage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is a problem in the
2: NFL, yeah. because if you give a good return man, you know, that kind of space, he's going to do something with
1: it. But speaking of former return man, Andre Roberts signed to uh, the Panthers.
2: Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited about him. Yeah, another interesting fact about him: he is left-footed, which is funny because all, all the previous Bills punters have been for a little while. Kind of, kind of like the Belichick thing going on there. Um, but he throws right-handed, so it actually presents a little bit of difficulty for him to drop the ball onto his foot with his left hand because he's not left-handed, which is interesting. Because you, when you punt, you you drop the ball into your foot with the same hand as the foot you kick it with it would the mechanics wouldn't work the other way um so yeah not that it's a problem it's just like interesting, an interesting fact
1: interesting the kinetic yeah. chain needed for a punt we did that for a unit in uh phys ed in one of the classes for my master's program we did uh you could do that you could do how quarterback throws you could do free throws like just stuff like that
2: and of course he went with the special teams option i love no, it I <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, oh, yeah yeah
2: of course
3: you want to hear about how good this guy was at San Diego state? Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. So our next segment, we're going to, we're going to do a couple of random facts about each of these draft picks. If we have any, we've done a little bit of digging and just wanted to find some of the stuff that you might not hear on, uh, on all the other shows. Cause there's lots of great content about these guys and their, their highlights and their, their measurables and all this stuff. But, uh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna share some uh, interesting stuff about them. So Pat, Pat, hey I mean, let's, uh, let's start with the the leg. The Punk
3: God. All right. So, an interesting fact about Mister Punk God is that in his three years at San Diego State, this man was ninety-six for ninety-seven on extra points. I'm sure that um, one that got away from him keeps him up at night. But that's a pretty good percentage. <laughs> if I had to, if I had yeah. to say so myself, ninety-six for ninety-seven
2: could always be a botched snap too. Could not actually ninety-eight
1: point nine six nine zero seven two percent. I'll take those uh, odds. Well, I'm giving you the exact percentage based on Apple calculations. And there you man. go. I mean,
3: I take I take those odds. I, yep. I I would rather take that than Dan Carpenter missing PATs and Steve Howard's <laughs> missing PATs. Um, I think like didn't I think Bass missed a PAT in that in that playoff game too? True, honestly, true. Well, college true. doesn't
2: kick it from uh, 33 either. True. Yeah, you know, which is an I'm we Dan Carpenter, I think, was still back when before the rule was changed. Yes. So Dan Carpenter I, has
3: no excuse. <laughs> uh, all right. There you go. So it looks like in the sixth round here, we had um, Mr. Luke Tenuda. So this guy played at Virginia Tech. Interesting fact about this dude. His dad actually was his coach in 2021. Was the offensive quality control coordinator at Virginia Tech while Luke was there in 2021. Nepotism. Awesome. <laughs> so... <Okay>. Uh, <laughs>
2: Three guesses who the who the first reference on any resume of his.
1: <laughs> yeah, his dad, I guarantee. My you. former offensive coach, not my dad. Yep, yeah. <laughs> we just happen to have the last, last same Yo, last this day. kid, yeah. he's a he's a lazy dude, man. He's got a terrible <laughs> attitude and he's a cancer in the locker room.
3: Never takes out the garbage.
1: We <laughs> should see his room. It's a mess.
3: <laughs> and then um it looked like in uh yeah, so round six, uh pick one eighty-five, we got Christian Benford. I couldn't find too much on him, but I did um recover some very cool information about the Villanova football program, which has always been FCS, which is crazy because they're like national champions in, in basketball and stuff out there in Philadelphia. Right. But um did you know Villanova is the alma mater of Brian Westbrook and Howie Long? Did not know that. Yeah. At least I got some ballers.
1: Uh, I had something here on our third round pick. John, I know you got something on James Cook too, so I'll let you... Oh, I'm sure we, we
2: both will have plenty uh, of, on the top two picks, <laughs> but...
1: The aforementioned linebacker, uh, what's his first name? Bernard. Terrell Bernard. Terrell Bernard. Um, he is a smart player on the field and he is a smart man in the classroom. He actually ended up graduating from Baylor with a degree in health, kinesiology, and leisure studies. And he's also pursuing his master's. So, you know, that's right up my alley. Phys ed, leisure, health. Uh, so I think that was kind of interesting.
2: That's cool. All right. So moving back up, we got James Cook. Brandon, which, which high school did James Cook go to? I know you got you got
1: one of the lists in front of you. Uh, Miami Central High School.
2: So some notable alumni from Miami Central. Who's on, who's on the list? You
1: want me to read it or you got it?
2: No, no, you do it. You do it. Oh, I, got a okay, I got it. Okay, I got it. Well, this.
1: his brother, Dalvin Cook, uh, right, right. obviously went there. Former Buffalo Bill, Willis McGahee, uh Najee Davenport, <laughs> Traverse Cadet, <laughs> and Devonta Freeman. So that's some quality running backs. That's just running backs. So I don't know if there's any other. Alum uh, Antonio other Brown positions.
2: also went to high school. Oh, here. yes,
1: yes. How so should we hopefully,
2: forget? there was nothing in the water there.
1: I think there definitely was something in the water.
2: (laughs) Anyway, so I looked up their rivals, which is interesting, which is Miami Northwestern Senior High School. And they have some pretty uh, notable alumni as well, which is kind of funny. I wonder if any of these guys were in high school uh, around or at the same time. So Rashad Wild Goose, who was pushed off the practice squad last year, went to Miami Northwestern Senior High School. Uh, Amari Cooper, Teddy Bridgewater. See if there's anybody else on here. Trey Walker, not to be confused with Trayvon Walker, number one overall pick. But interesting. There's a large paragraph on controversy um, <laughs> in the Wikipedia article, but I'm not going to read through all of that. But yeah, big high school. And it's also like, you know, it, it's Miami. So there's a lot of NFL players that come out of there. But um, James Cook and Devin Singletary already trained together in the offseason, which is cool.
1: But it uh, is cool. Yeah.
2: You know those two guys and uh, Zach Moss uh, all are from like a like the small twenty mile radius in in South Florida there as well as a lot of you know other notable NFL players. Yeah, but
1: uh, those would be some
2: cool
3: high school football games to watch. I would, man. I mean, yeah. my boy Lamar Jackson was only about twenty minutes north of of Miami, just out by Boca Raton yeah. too. I mean, you're playing pros every week, so I don't know. I th- I feel like I was telling the boys this earlier. I feel like if you were Section Five Six Four Three All Star. Um, in New York State, it would probably take a lot of, of grinding to uh, see the field against some of those kids. Like, I don't know. Oh, I yeah. feel like they're just
1: like the ACC against the Mac, dude. Or yes. The SEC against the Mac. Yes. I mean, even the ACC, like not even the SEC. <laughs> all right. So,
2: our, our final draft pick, number one, Kair Elam, which we were all excited about because the, the chart happened to be right. Whether that was just a, a great coincidence or or there was actually something to it remains to be seen. I guess we'll have to try again next year. And if we go two for two, then we got something. We're patenting
1: it. We're patenting it. You're patenting it. You're going to take that right to the, uh, right to the bank. No, we got lucky. I mean, all the
2: input data is subjective mock drafts. So that was the culmination of like 10 people's opinions and a couple of machines that are, you know, spitting out random, like slightly randomized rankings of players and stuff like that. So, um, that was fun though. But anyway, Kair Elam, I have here. So I, everyone has kind of heard already that his father played college football at Kent state and he was in the NFL for seven seasons. And it, I think his dad was in the league as late as 2012. I think I heard. Late, yeah. Yep. You're right. So he, I he retired that. in 2012, which is, is pretty recent. His uncle, Matt Elam also played football at Florida and was a first round selection in the 2013 NFL draft. So he's got, he's got a football family. And, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the video of him in his combine interview, like impressive. He's got like a notebook of every single time that he was beat. He like made notes, like looked at the tape. He, he's exactly the type of dude that McDermott loves. Like he's got the work ethic and he's also a guy with the, the raw traits that they look for. So I, th- I think it was, it was a home run pick.
1: It's funny. Cause you said, uh, I saw this on like the Twitter embedded he he called himself the best note taker that he's ever seen, and while he's saying that, McDermott's like, <laughs> like licking his lips, staring at him with like a smile on his like face, like Steve Belichick
2: <laughs> over there. Yeah, he
1: pulls out all these notebooks, and and McDermott's like got his arms crossed, like, oh baby, show me more. Like
2: uh, like they they would have so taken the dude cool. first overall after that interview. <laughs> but
1: yeah, that's funny. So I have something on too, but it's not really football related. It's high school elam um i wanted to see what else that he did and it turns out he was a i wouldn't want to say star but definitely a contributor on a varsity basketball team from freshman sophomore junior year of his career with pretty good numbers florida
3: too a little bit on the squad if i recall
1: oh i don't know i didn't i didn't yeah i'm pretty sure he played a couple games um that's cool he played uh 61 games in his high school career he averaged 10.1 points per game 3.2 assists per game, four and a half rebounds per game, and two steals per game. Uh, So that's a lot of games. Very athletic, obviously, and I'm sure that helps him with his speed and uh, the quick twitch muscles and movements and defense and offense. So it's always cool to see what other sports these players played because their athletic ability is just off the charts. Obviously, being a professional football player, you could probably do a lot of other things.
2: Yeah, for sure. All right, we've got one more quick segment to do. Um, Pat's got one quote he's got ready for us, so we're going to do a little bit of uh, brief quotes with Pat here just to
3: uh, just to wrap up the episode. Pat, what do you got for us today? Um, So when reading this quote, it is prefaced by saying, this player is the world's biggest jerk towards his own teammates. On Saturday during practice, blank player, after a couple of practice squad players forced turnovers, Made negative comments toward them, including saying, "Enjoy your practice squad paycheck. Enjoy your practice squad trophy." So, um, pretty savage quote there. Um, so, so, it's a quarterback who's throwing picks in practice. Yeah, and he's mad at the. He's calling them tryhards, basically.
1: It's some middle middle of the pack quarterback here. He's a
3: SEC boy. Yeah, SEC. Oh my gosh! Right. I thought you got it right.
1: Yeah. I don't know I think- SEC quarterback.
2: He's been in the league for a minute. Is he in a starting role this season? Potentially. Potentially? I'm
1: searching I'm searching SEC quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Okay, is it... Uh, I'm it's gonna... not Marcus Mariota. He's not in the SEC.
3: Not Oregon's in, in Pac-10, Pac-12. Is it Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State. Oh, okay. That's That's like, yes, like yeah. I'm not
1: good with pairing players with colleges. I'm going to read this list and you tell me if the player's on the list. Okay. SEC quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, LSU, Dak Prescott, Mississippi State, Matt Stafford, Georgia, Tua, Alabama, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, too, Alabama, Cam Newton, Auburn, Jalen Hurts, Alabama, Drew Locke would have been my guess from this. Jacoby Brissett went to Florida, and I think that is all of them. My guess is Drew Locke, but I have no idea, Pat. No. Unless it's Matt Stafford, but he's not—he's not that big of a jerk.
3: No, you're forgetting one. You're forgetting one, Brandon. I'm disappointed in you. He's—he's—he's he's, he's an SEC quarterback who has started probably the past seven years, and you've—you've—you've you've, you've lacked knowledge it's on. Not your SEC- Is it Ryan Tannehill? Jameis wasn't Jameis. Yes, John. Tanny. Ryan Tannehill. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Texas Who's A&M. that?
1: I don't know who that is. Tanny. I'm sorry. Tanny. Tanny.
3: I was gonna be like when you were like, is this player starting? I was gonna be like, literally, Jake Fromm could start for this player's team and win ten games. But I didn't want to be like too mean because I like the player. Yeah. But yeah, Tanny dude, when I heard that quote, I was like, yo, that is hilarious. Enjoy your yeah. practice squad <laughs> paycheck and your practice squad trophy. <laughs>
1: That's, a, that's, a, that's the middle of the road QB too. That's he I was, thought. I know. I wanted to be like, <laughs>
3: you hit the nail on the head when you said that, but I was like, oh, I can't give it away. And I can't say it's one of my favorite players because we'll narrow it down. We'll like get it
1: real fast. Yeah, it's
3: like three guys we can choose between.
1: Texas A&M. Yep. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, man.
3: I played wide receiver a little bit there.
1: Yeah. Yep. I mean,
3: in, which, in is, which has
2: been well documented on
3: this podcast.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I know.
3: Athleticism. But I mean, in all defense of those players, if Tannehill, Tanny's out there making mistakes and you're trying to get paid dog. Like, you know what I mean? Shame on you, Tanny. Like you should have
1: just, <laughs> yeah. Made- if you're a practice squad player, you're bringing it. I and mean, that's what you yeah, want. You
3: go hard every
2: day. You're like, you're like the kid in gym class who just goes like balls to the wall. I mean, you gotta be on the practice squad. Cause Bro. if you're not, then someone else is going to be.
1: Yes. Very true. And as the guy, dude, I was the practice squad dummy here, man. They, dude, let me return kicks but I had no fair catches allowed. And (laughs) we obviously have a high school punter who can't kick the damn ball. So, and then the practice squad quarterback running these sweeps against the first team defense, like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Practice squad heroes. Shout out to everybody who's ever been on a practice squad anywhere. True.
3: True. Yeah. Enjoy your practice squad trophy and your (laughs) practice squad paycheck.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's good. All right, well, that's gonna do it for this one. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at NotBuffPodcast. podcast. But yeah, no, let us know what you think of this draft. I don't know. Do you like the linebacker in the third round? Do you like do you like their first two picks? Are you disappointed they didn't get a wide receiver higher? I mean, I think we all have pretty lukewarm positive takes. So if you got any hot takes, shoot us
1: the those. Is we? our secondary this decade's version of the Legion of Boom?
3: Not till we get those Limburdies.
2: I guess we'll see I, they'll need a name if they win a Super Bowl and they're the number one defense for two years in a row I feel like if you're the number one they're, defense in they're the NFL, number
1: one pass defense in five years they've been the best pass defense for five for years. five that years half a decade yeah. yeah
3: it's almost like they had a cornerback from the greatest defense of all time like coach them or something <laughs> you're not wrong you're not wrong alright well thanks everybody for
2: listening and uh, go Bills go Bills